1: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary VGW Void We're prohibited by loss. see terms and conditions 18 plus today on barca talk la liga returns this weekend after a stunning comeback for fc barcelona in the champions league against inter milan barca will face Sevilla this sunday this is our scouting report for the match Hey, this is Barca Talk. I'm Brian. If you're new to the show, this is a podcast for Barca fans by Barca fans. We're ready for the weekend match with Sevilla. We've done our scouting, and this is our report. Uh, This is part of the episode we put out today for our supporters on Patreon. That Patreon episode has a full breakdown of the Champions League comeback over Inter Milan, too. We'll have a trimmed down version of that Champions League review on Monday's episode. If you want to hear the full discussion, and sooner than later, Become a patron right now. Next week, during international break, we'll be releasing a special episode for patrons only in our Barca Legends series about Carlos Reschak, a Blaugrana boy to his core, a friend, teammate, and assistant to Johan Cruyff, and the man who signed the historic napkin that brought Lionel Messi to Barcelona. Become a patron for five bucks a month, and you'll be able to listen to that and all our other patron-only episodes. There's a link in the show notes, or go to the support page of BarcaTalk.net to become a patron now. All right, now let's scout Sevilla. For this weekend in La Liga, this is going to be match day eight. Sevilla are coming to the Camp Nou, and looking at Sevilla, you know, Julian Lopetegui may have found a home finally at Sevilla, uh, of course, they just signed him over the summer break, and so far, Sevilla's record is pretty good. They've got four wins, one draw, two losses. And I wanted to look into this because, as we know, he sort of uh, he he sort of jilted the Spanish national team, left them dangling in the World Cup yeah. to go to Real Madrid. Not that he couldn't have done it. I don't, whatever. I that whole situation bothers me. Um, but in any case, he apparently crashed and burned at Real Madrid. And he was gone after 14 matches, but he actually did start pretty well there. At this same point last season at Real Madrid, they had five wins, one draw, one loss. So just one game difference. And then after that, three straight losses in La Liga, ending with Barca's 5-1 defeat. That was the end of his time at Real Madrid. But now he's at Sevilla and he has them playing and attacking 4-3-3 every game. And is that redundant? Is there a defensive no. 4-3-3? I
0: mean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you if you wanted to go defensive, you just pull your wingers back more. Right. That's the only thing you would probably do more. But yeah.
1: But like, why would you even have a 4-3-3 if you wanted yeah, to be exactly, defensive?
0: Exactly, exactly, exactly.
1: <laughs> but anyway, they, they have been playing very consistently in this same formation, this 4-3-3. And they don't have as many goals, but they, they have conceded fewer goals than Barca. They've scored 10, conceded 7, meanwhile Barcelona has scored 16 but conceded 10 so will this come down to since we're both going to be playing 4-3-3s do you think this will come down to which midfield performs better
0: I think so was was this last year that Lopetegui was at Real Madrid yeah oh my god my time sense is I thought it was two years ago (laughs) my (laughs) gosh wow I can't believe that was just last year I mean yeah to answer your question pretty much I mean it's Again, we saw Vidal come into the intergame, so I'm curious if he gets the start this weekend. Um, because if he does get the start, I definitely think it gives us a, a better chance of winning the midfield battle. But again, Brian, it's always going to be the same thing throughout the season. As I've I've been watching the Champions League and other La Liga teams, it's their youthfulness and energy and pressing and how we counter that. I mean, because it doesn't matter which three midfield we put there. We're naturally going to be slower than whatever midfield we're playing, so that's already going to be a big issue. It doesn't matter. I mean, we saw in the inter match, we've seen in other previous, I mean, Osasuna, we saw these type of things. So again, Lopetegi knows the scouting report. His midfield is playing really well in that they're they're young, they're attacking, they're pressing. More importantly, and so that's really going to be the battle. It's going to be if we can possess the ball, play solid keep away with good attacking chances then we should have a really good result. But if we are sloppy with possession and we cannot break the press, it's going to be a long day for our, our midfield for sure.
1: Yeah. Remember the days when nobody pressed us? Everyone everyone <laughs> just sat back and tried to absorb well, it?
0: Gonna, yeah, I mean, they're going to continue to do it until we do something about we it. We do better. I mean, then It's not even that. it's just, It's not even a matter of do better. It's just... It's such a simple tweak, Brian. It's not even any but it it's obviously not a classic four three three if you make the tweak, but at the same time it makes it easier for everyone. You break the press, they're not gonna press you anymore.
1: Right, right. Well, you know, a couple of things, because you mentioned the youth of the Sevilla squad. And I was I did a little bit of uh tabulation of mm-hmm. their midfielders who have had the most minutes. I took the top four, they have about uh, I believe seven I want to say mm-hmm. uh total players who are classified as midfielders on transfer okay. market I took the top four minute getters and the average age among them because ever Banega has is still playing tons sure. of minutes and he's 31 okay. maybe 33 I forget but uh the average age comes out to about 28 okay. meanwhile if you look at our top four midfield minute getters and, and if you include Sergio Roberto um because all, all we have are like total minutes, it it comes in more at like 27, 26. So average age, we're basically equal. I'm not going to say that that's an edge one way or the other as far as age. But like generally, it's it, we're roughly pretty, pretty equal. I think the main thing is Busquets uh, was looking a little bit tired. So he got pulled. But then Vidal, you know, he's an, he's a veteran. He's an older player as well. Uh, the only thing is he hasn't been playing quite as much, so he might be a little bit fresher. But also in that intermatch, he played a different role. He had a different sort of function in the midfield than Busquets. And I thought that not only his style of play, his, you know, his physicality, his aggression, his and, you know, his passing and things like that, but the liberty he was given to sort of take the point of the midfield but also just be wherever he needed to be side to side. Very different from Busquets.
0: For sure. I mean, the thing for me on this is Vidal is not 90 minutes sustainable. No, that's the thing. And all the La Liga teams know how to play us. They're going to sustain that for at least 80 minutes. Not like Inter that faded away after the 60th minute by doing all that pressing and so forth, because all these teams have played Barcelona now I mean they understand what what it what it takes to press them for 80 minutes so to me I don't know if you start Vidal fine and you give him that literally fine but that's not going to last past 60 minutes he's going to fade yeah like that's the reason you know and everyone you know wants him to start more because of the performance but I think it underlays too many of our problems that we have at Barca now when I talk about the age thing like you said yeah I understand maybe the ages are comparable but there's just something with the amount of matches that we've played in those legs. So, you know, our our players, it feels like it's two extra seasons compared to the players of Sevilla, for example. <laughs> you know, they've had Champions League, but it's just the amount, if we're looking at games throughout the last four years, let's say. The other thing, too, is, you know, whenever I watch, you know, for example, I was watching Ajax last night and just seeing, you know, the recent teams we played, like Renata and Osasuna, for example. These teams are not scared of us anymore and they're getting in our face and they just don't care. And we can, we don't have the talent anymore at this moment, right? With Barca's midfield that is able to shake those people off, off the press and make them pay for pressing. A lot of times, you know, especially if we look at the last losses that we had on the road, it's, we weren't able to counteract. And also we started really, really slow. Thankfully, we're going to be at home for this game, but it's going to be a super difficult game as well.
1: Yeah, because like you mentioned, I mean, Osasuna, Granada, these are already or even Hatafe, These are teams that are not afraid of us, and there's certainly no reason why Sevilla would be afraid of us.
0: For sure. I mean, they're they're playing well right now. You know, I mean, they they lost to Real Madrid last weekend, but be, you know, besides that, they they were playing pretty well, and Lopeziki has them on a good rotation, especially on their front three, and those guys are young and they just want to score goals. And they're really direct. I mean, you forget that they they have Nolito in the back pocket. You know, he scored a really nice goal a couple weeks ago or a couple games ago. And again, Lopetegui, I think, like you said, he may have found a home where it's the right level of club for him with not so much pressure from like the Real Madrid kind of bubble. And also, they're going to be more patient with him because they have realistic expectations. So, again, I'm just curious to see what we do with our midfield and what are we going to do with that press? Because we know they're going to press us. We just know it.
1: Yeah. And when I, I don't know if there's any way to prove this, but I do, I think disagree with you that we don't, when you say we don't have the talent in the midfield to shut down and break up the press. I think, I think we do have the talent in the players. What I think we're missing is the training and the, Mm. and the system and, Mm. and the tactics to break down the press. Uh, I mentioned this to you when we were off air at one point about, you know, I have a lot of experience in music and I can tell you from that experience that what you hear or see on stage is exactly what happened in rehearsal, right? Nothing magical happens when you get up on stage. Nothing magical happens when you're in your match day kit and the referee blows his whistle. You're going to play just about the same way as you did in training, and the match will be played in the way that you trained. So whatever, however the time is spent in training during the week, that's how the games are going to go. And I think we do have the talent. The players are there. The talent is there to handle something like a press and break it up. We have Arthur. We have Busquets. I think De Jong has the talent to do that. I think Sergio Roberto has the talent to do that. Uh, He hasn't seen any minutes, hardly, but Carlos Alenia can clearly do that. We have faith in him to do that. It's a matter of how the training time is being spent. Clearly, it is not. This is my view of things. Clearly, it's not being spent on working on breaking up a press.
0: I see your point, but I'm still going to disagree in two things. Yes, they should train. Yeah, I think that's part of it. But I think our midfield right now, we don't really have a player right now that can take defenders 1v1 like we used to, you know, like a Tiago, like a like Javi Iniesta, that type of player. So what we're depending a lot of is, you know, precise passing and moving around. And we're still not even doing that really that well. Right. Right. So that's what I'm talking about is the talent part of it. Yeah. I know if they train maybe more and they, they work on a little bit of press, they would do it. But the other thing is, again, it goes back to the coaching aspect of that, where the coach is not putting the players in the best position and coming up with ideas to break the press. I mean, remember when Luis Enrique came onto the team and the team started pressing us? He brought Neymar and Messi back down to be another outlet. And all of a sudden we had these – remember how many counterattacking goals we were getting off the press? And all of a sudden the teams had to lay off because that was the counter to that, right? Right. And now we haven't been able to counter that counter. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right. And that's the thing is, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know – as we critique and I'm frustrated with this, I just think that there's easier solutions to fix this problem with it, with the talent that we have, but just put them in better positions so that not only is it aesthetically more pleasing, we're scoring goals and it's easier victories. Like there's no reason why we should still be struggling against Hitafe with the talent that we have. You know, that's what I'm talking about. Like that type of comparison. I know this match is going to be difficult because it's going to be, um you know basically to see where Sevilla is as well because they just played Real Madrid and now they're playing at Barcelona so they're going to be up for it and again it just with this whole midfield aspect you know how i feel about the 433 i just don't think we have the right midfield for it
1: right right and with injuries and said so, well messi and dembele seem to be back now so maybe not but up until that moment with the forwards we we didn't have enough forwards necessarily to really pull it off but now we do
0: yeah i mean this is This is the other aspect of it it's we're just a whole mishmash up there at the at the front three where we're still really, really static, yeah, and again, I don't care what sport you play, hockey, basketball, American football, or soccer. If you're static, you're so easy to defend, yeah, so easy to defend, you know. And it is hard to continues. be totally
1: static on ice though. I'll
0: say that for and that for is hockey. true. That is true. <laughs> that is true. But still, but there's you know, degrees. it's much easier if you're not. There. There's degrees. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't want to get into the uh the friction and all this type of thing, but yes, there's different degrees. Yes. Yeah. But um again, it's just we we're still lacking that connection with the midfield and the front attacking three, with you know, it's just again, this is our preseason and <laughs> I just don't understand. You know, I know we had a difficult preseason traveling, but at the same time, I just, what are they doing in practice? You know, I want, that's what I want to know. It's, that's are what I'm the saying. Three, <laughs> yeah. Are the three that are going to play in the game actually playing on the same team, right? Just like is your metaphor with the music thing, or is it just a mishmash of people? And then he goes, okay, this weekend we're going to play this guy, this guy, and this guy. And they're like, oh, we haven't even practiced together. Right. You
1: know? Yeah. Who knows?
0: Uh, I mean, we'll never know because it's all closed doors. Sure. So.
1: And for good yeah. reason, you know. Yeah, for sure. J- don't want too much opposition research sure. going on. But speaking of, of scoring and forwards and scoring threats, Sevilla, yeah. and this is going to be problematic, I think. Sevilla has a number of scoring threats. There's no one or two players who you can really uh, focus on. Midfielders, Juan Jordan and Franco Vasquez, along with forwards, Nolito and Lucas Ocampos, have all scored two goals apiece. And uh, left back Sergio Reguilon on loan from Real Madrid, he's also scored one and provided one assist. So they have a number of scoring threats. If, you know, those five guys are playing, that's five threats right there.
0: For sure. And the other thing, too, they're they're coming from every direction. They're coming up the middle, the width. They're putting service all over. So again, it's going to be a difficult time defending. This is what I would love to see from Barça right now, especially since we are not playing our typical tiki taka. We have to score goals, and I want to see this type of attack, especially with the talent that we have at the front three, you know. I know that maybe a cross here and across there is going to be dispossessed, but at least you're trying, you know? And that's what makes Sevilla very difficult. Like, for example, the Nolito goal is almost like a carbon copy of what Suarez did against Inter with a volley. The other goal I saw they came up from the middle. Another one I saw was a header. So again, they're just coming from all over. And it's going to be difficult, especially with Samedo, who's probably going to play left back.
1: Right, right, exactly. And let me get into that detail at this point, because I I want to talk about our defensive options at the moment. Uh, Samedo will probably have to fill in at left back again, right? Because Alba and Junior Firpo are currently injured. So just out of pure necessity, Samedo will probably have to fill in at left back again, which will almost certainly put Sergi Blue Eyes at right back. But, and I know you're going to see this coming, (laughs) could this be a match for
0: Wage? I mean, I hope. (laughs) I mean, I would love to see it. It is interesting to me that he still is going with Semedo, right? Because we saw, again, with the Inter match, how long did it take him to get Linka play on the right side with Dembele last year, right? Was it until February, March, that we finally saw finally some clicking in that? And now we're asking him to go on the left side, And there's just no link of play on that left side. So why not take a chance with Wage? I mean, I know it's Sevilla. I know it's going to be a tough match. But maybe you dictate the formation to a 4-4-2 to make it more conservative. Or I think that Wage is going to be a better presence to be able to take people one-on-one. And if anything, you just tell them to be more conservative and not go up as much. But I would be willing to take that chance. I'm just more of a – if I were a coach, when I did coach – I just like taking more chances because I like to try different things and make sure they don't work as opposed to being conservative and doing it that way. Right. Use the bench.
1: Right. Well, as we know, Valverde is risk averse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. and I think it, it causes him more problems than it than it needs to. But um, but how would you feel about Wage at right back, leave Tomato at left back because whatever. Yeah, yeah, and and put sergi in the midfield. And I want to say that I'm bringing this up not because I'm I'm no longer on some <laughs> on the bandwagon. I'm not on some like huge campaign to get sergi into the midfield. The fact is he's just he's a good utility player. You put him at right back, he's done it enough at this point. He knows what he's doing. You put him in the midfield, he's also strong. He has talents there or he has skills there as well. Uh whatever. It's fine. I'm, so I'm just throwing it out there. It's, sure, it's not sure, a sure. campaign.
0: <laughs> I hear you. I hear
1: you. But what do you think about that option?
0: If I were the coach, what I would do is I would go Semedo on the left back and I would go Wage on the on the right back. And I would change the formation to a 4-4-2 to, to protect both those players. Mm. That's what I would do if I were the coach. Yeah. Now, if I'm not allowed to change and I have to go four three three, then I would probably still continue just because of this match, because you're heading to international break, you just need to get to three points, don't stir up the pot, I would go Sergio Roberto right back, Semedo on the left, just like we did against Inter. Right. But, I would just tell him to really focus on defensive responsibilities.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because there are, there's gonna be a shake-up in the defense as it is, right? Because Longley is gonna have to miss this match, having been sent off in the last La La Liga match. So, Todibo will be paired up with PK, And, um, I don't know. How well do you think they're going to dance together? Is it going to be a tango or a mosh pit?
0: I love I love this what you put in the notes. <laughs> a mosh pit or a tango? I mean, I think it's going to be fine, you know, because I think PK knows that he can't take as many chances as he has been recently. It's, you know, I don't know why he's been taking more chances lately with lunging. I don't know if you've noticed yeah. this, especially against like the integral and stuff. It just these things lead to counters and especially when you were playing high up right at the midfield and we lack speed. That's the worst thing <laughs> that you want is chasing 40 yards. Right. And Ter Stegen can only do many, so many saves, you know, and that's the other thing. So I think, I, I think that Tony is a bit faster than long lay. So I think that's where we gain some, something there. Obviously he doesn't have the experience of long lay playing in the system. So again, if I were the coach, you know, I would go gone 4-4-2, not only to protect the left back and the right back, but also Todibo as well, because that keeps you defensively sound. Now, I'm going to be interested to see if Dijon De plays defensive mid and that he just hangs back more to protect PK and Todibo to make sure. It's, it's going to be an interesting cat and mouse at the beginning, because it's going to see how much possession we can get, keep away, and how effective is the pressing of Sevilla. Because... If their pressing is effective and we can't find the connection with Bo and we're looking sloppy with Semedo and all, it's going to be hell for us. It's going to be a very long day. And so, yeah. again, if I were Lopetegi, I would say, man, the first 30 minutes because why would you try to help them out and figure it out, right? Why would you not just go full press everyone, the full third, and just keep the pressure mounted? Because especially as we saw with Firpo, one mistake directly led to a goal. Yeah. Todibo, one mistake can directly lead to a goal as well. And who knows what could happen. So, again, it's going to be interesting. I really hope that PK is more conservative, more directing, especially with that back line. I mean, this is a back line that is not the most ideal in any means. And it just has to be sound. You know, they have to just communicate. And the other thing, too, is, you know, when PK takes chances, that exposes that center back to the whole to basically 30 yards on side to side, you know, and all of a sudden it's a two on one. And so you just got to keep your space, know when to take chances, and just read the play. Just keep everything in front of you. I would just say to this game, yeah. You know, for me, I just want to get to three points, get to international break, and just be in the thick of the race, reset and then start again with Messi again, coming fresher and stronger. Yeah.
1: So w- as far as the center back pairing, you're looking for something more like the electric slide.
0: Yeah, I like it. You, the whole time you were thinking about a dance, I could see yeah, in yeah. your head that you were doing that. <laughs> I yeah, could see that. Yeah, just yes, nice like. and
1: easy, pre- yeah, predictable. Yeah. And everyone knows, yeah, it. Every, yeah. knows it. Yeah, everybody knows it. Everyone knows I it. I never learned it, but yeah. yeah. I don't know, a <laughs> Macarena, perhaps. <I> like, <laughs>
0: okay, for example. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I just want an electric slide, which is easy. Don't take chances. Yeah. Move those hips a little bit so that you're dancing, but it's nothing too too extreme right right
1: right. you get down on one knee at some point you get back up anyway um (laughs) that joke is over um so let's talk about busquets real quick because you mentioned the midfield already but i want to come back to the midfield for just a second uh busquets came out in the champions league match against inter he is looking a little tired to me at this point or i don't know maybe it was more of a tactical decision but to me he looked he looked like his legs had pretty much had it should he get a break against Sevilla? And if so, w- what midfield would you have?
0: It's funny you ask this question. I don't... For me, it's not that he looks tired. It's his passing game looks tired. Mm. I don't know if that, that makes sense. So,
1: Like he's just tired of passing so much.
0: No, it's just... <laughs> he's just you you know, over it. <laughs> no, what I mean is, it's not that he's not getting to balls. Like last night, it wasn't... He wasn't able to get to the 50-50 balls or he wasn't sprinting back on defense or anything like this. It was just... When he passes now, it's really, really conservative. It's really conservative. What do you mean by conservative? So, for example, if he has a player in front of him, he's always going to go back into the corner available to the left back or right back. Mm. Okay. And so he's not taking chances up with through balls or trying to find people to connect with the forwards like he used to. I see. Yeah. And so... It's almost like in American football where you do the check down to the running back. I don't know if that makes sense. So I don't know anything about that. That's sorry. So <laughs> basically, yeah. So basically, it's you're making the safest play available without taking any chances and not screwing up. Right, right. Which is really outside Busquets' realm. So you know. like in last night's match, how many effective passes did he do that directly led to an attacking chance or some sort of really good buildup? It was very rare. Yeah, I can't think and so of that's, many. Yeah, exactly. And so the thing is, you know, before when he was with Javier Iniesta, he was pivotal on distributing that and creating that press and stuff. And now that his passing isn't as good, he looks tired and the passing looks tired, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's why when Vidal came in, it was like an automatic injection because not only was he more amped about it, but also he was trying to take direct chances going up the middle. I don't know if you remember. Oh, honestly. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So he was passing and taking those. Obviously, they weren't – they were getting intercepted, but he was taking those chances. Yeah. And so that's the difference, you know? So you ask for the midfield. What midfield – I mean, for me, it's always going to be the most important. De Jong and Artur yep. for the most important matches and then whoever else. To me, the third one doesn't really matter at this point because we don't have anyone else dynamic. It's, it's pretty much going to be the same guy. Either there's Rakitic, Vidal – Busquets, I mean, if you put Sergio Roberto, maybe he's a little bit more dynamic than those three guys, just in speed-wise. But to me, you're really not getting extra. You know, Rakitic brings you better defensive coverage, and he's solid. Vidal's going to take more chances up the middle. Busquets can read the ball, but they're all not... They're all kind of over the hill right now. So Alenia? (laughs) Alenia, but he's not getting any time. That's the thing. I mean, that's... I mean, I you know you're asking the midfield that i would use i still wouldn't use him enough because i i don't trust him enough to put him in there yeah but
1: you would also i think yeah. still use rakitic more than valverde has this year i
0: would i would use rakitic more and, and i still it still baffles me that he he's still not getting any time yeah. at all because you know i still think he provides he can give us value you know yeah and especially now are we going to run Artur and Dijon into the ground? <laughs> you know. Well, at least they're young. <laughs> that is true. But again, you know, it's this whole idea again, which we'll talk about in the intermatch about substitutions. It's what's so wrong? What's so wrong with having a player play 70 minutes yeah. and just use a super sub for 20? So like, for example, you know. What's so wrong with uh, having a
1: squad of 23 players
0: and using all 23? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing. You know, Rakitic, I would like to use more. You know, but that's not going to happen. So I personally, I after the success of the intergame, I could definitely see Valverde going with Dijon, Artur, and Vidal. Yeah,
1: yeah, I could see it too. Well, we'll see uh, what happens come this weekend. And uh, you will not be doing the match review with me come Monday. We're going to have a guest is, part of the Barca yeah. Talk team, but he doesn't normally. Do first team match reviews. Our Barca B correspondent, Max Bleuer, is going to be on with me. Uh, We're going to talk about the Sevilla match because you will be in jolly old London. That's correct, cheering on the Bears. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, go Barca and go Bears. Become a patron now for just five bucks a month. Get the full episode. We will be back on Monday with more. Bisca Barca.